This is Alpha Geek Radio. Where's the time out here? So what we want to talk about tonight, what this is all about, is where we came from in podcasting. Everybody here has done a minimum of eight years in podcasting, been there at the beginning. Uh, if you haven't, pretend like you have, because yeah. that, that was the standard that we put out. And where we are now and where we see podcasting going, because I've, I've heard it phrased, it's not the next big thing. Which I, I agree it's not the internet where it's going to be this huge new thing, but I think it is the, the future of media and how everything's going. So I'm going to start, and Mark, the incaffeinated one, why don't you tell us how long you've been doing it, and where's your website? Hello. Hello. I'm a serial podcaster. I don't, I kill them all. Um, I have been in uh, community radio for about almost 15 years, and uh, when this podcasting came along, I thought, hey, you know what, I could use with about double the audience, four or five people. Um, So in 2006, I translated that into a podcast uh, called The Weird Show which has been a uh, Parsec, Parsec winner, Parsec nominee, and uh, won a couple of local awards. I don't know why, but they liked it. That's great. Um, and I'm still involved in radio. I'm actually my day job as a program director at that same community radio station. So for me, there's been a, a definite crossover between the two fields, and I'm encouraging all of my programmers at their station to also uh, podcast and, and broaden their horizons. And it also forces them to clean up their, their podcast, clean up their shows a little bit. Uh, I've also done different podcasts along the way. I was involved in the Heroes cast, uh, Ninth Heroes cast for a while, till Heroes went away, of course. Um, and I, I guess I've, I've appeared little places everywhere. I even forget half the places I've been. Uh, I'm also, uh, the main website is in caffeinated.ca where I do my musings. Theweirdshow.com is where the show is. But a, a few years ago I said I need to think more about this podcasting. So it's been a dormant for a little while, but I do have a, 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 a site called Understanding Podcasting. With the whole point is that to think of a philosophical point of view of podcasting, not a, not a physical point of view. So that's why I'm kind of here. I even have notes, so I'm prepared. And I was told... I'm overachiever. Yeah, I, yes. I, I was told by Steve there's no preparation in Dragon Con. Go ahead and delete that. I'm going to be James. in stereo today. Hi, my name is James Kennison. I am a uh, serial podcaster. Hi, James. And... Um, I have been po- no. I've been I've been podcasting for for eight years barely. Um, uh, I've I've started more shows than I've kept alive. I'm a serial podcast starter, actually. But my main show is nobody's listening. We we tell funny life stories and invite everybody's got one. So we we share we build this audience and let people share it with a bunch of people and um, a couple other shows that I'm not so proud of. Um, Girl meets world fan. Podcast. It's, it's macho. It's masculine. It's me and my nine-year-old daughter, and it's amazing. It, yeah, nobody. Listens. It's one of those kind of shows, you know. You're just like, this is for me when I'm 70. Um, but I've uh, been doing it for eight years. I, I I've never mixed in podcast circles. I've never been to a con- convention. Great. I don't know any of you guys at all. You're you seem amazing and awesome, and I'm going to check out your shows. But I, I, agree. I, I represent, I guess, the extreme hobby podcaster guy. And uh, I know a lot of stuff, I, I, uh, but I'm not a self-promoter, I suppose. And so Says I'm looking... Says the guy that wrote his website on the card. Well, that's a website. You know, I didn't put jameskennison.com, so <laughs> that's me so far. Craig. All right. My name's Craig Stepp, and uh, I'm a habitual podcaster. Uh, I've been uh, wanting to get into radio for a long time. This is long years ago, and... Uh, I never uh, the best I could do it really get on an AM radio station. So, but it was fun and I had a great time at it. And then, of course, later on in life, podcasting came along. 
I've, like many others, found Adam Curry. Then um, he mentioned Dave Slusher, and Dave Slusher mentioned Conway, South Carolina, where he lived, and I was thinking, that's, that's literally my backyard. So I had that whole thing of feeling like podcasting was global and local, and I ended up meeting a lot of friends and stuff, uh, a lot of connections because of podcasting, and the, uh, it's really broken down the distance, uh, some of the connections I've made. So uh, started up with uh, In the Trenches, an old uh, podcast about uh, IT with uh, Kevin Devin, and I've uh, actually been more of a supporter of podcasts than anything. I've been helping with, I've done some audio production, I've done album art uh, for shows, um, just really that kind of thing for a long time. And then, of course, this jerk right here came along. And next thing I know, we've been podcasting for 10 years. We've been doing Technorama, and it's grown. It's Things have changed a lot since we started, um, except for the stupidity we, we spew. Uh, <laughs> so we've been doing Technorama for a long time. I used to do one called Valid Syntax. So I did a... <laughs> hey, <laughs> back. Damn it, shy guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had a few other things here. Uh, and recently, to kind of get back to the roots of podcasting, uh, a couple, about three years ago, organized the Dog Days of Podcasting, where 30 days leading up to Dragon Con, uh, everybody was encouraged and that was signed up to do so, would it podcast every day for 30 days. Mm. And it was kind of fun because we ended up with this group. We were on Facebook and communicating with each other and talking about the shows that we're all listening to, you know, each other, as well as putting out these little personal podcasts each day. Kind of like podcasting started off at the beginning. It was more like a journal uh, kind of thing in, in your daily life. It also so, gave a lot of people some uh, an easy entry point into discovering whether they wanted a podcast or not. Yeah. So we had the veterans, but we also had a lot of new people trying it out. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's me. Chuck? I don't know how you top that. Yeah. T- tough act to follow. Yeah. Um, like Craig, I wanted to get into radio, and the best I could do was the local roller rink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple skate. Only couples on the floor now. Girls' uh, choice. Girls' choice. <laughs> Reverse directions. No, it's been a lot of fun. And like Craig said, it's been 10 years, and hard to believe that time has gone by. My kids have grown up and now left the nest. Mm. And uh, hey, bigger studio in the forecast. More time to <laughs> more time to podcast too. One would think. Yeah. One would think. Um, number of podcasts over the years. Technorama has been our staple, but also did uh, Gmail podcast for a number of years, and uh, I'm I'm actually considering redoing that as a video podcast now because it's just it's time. There's been enough changes, and uh, uh, just you know, I'm going to keep my intro short. I think uh, if if you don't know me, my website's on the card. <laughs> Have fun. All right, and Bobby. So uh, I've been doing this for nine years, but I've only really been doing one show the entire nine years. Uh, I I named it after myself, which was the stupidest thing to do in terms of uh, trying to get people to find it. Uh, I did it – the reason I got into it is because unlike these people, I uh, turned down the opportunity to do radio. And that was one of my my many regrets from college. Um, Luckily – I didn't have too many, but that was one of them. Uh, But I was – the way I got into it was – I had hooked up and you know was friends with a guy by the name of Scott Rubin, 
who um, he started back in the 90s doing, uh, it was called the All Games Network, and it was, he was doing like live video shows over real media about video games and stuff, like a one-hour live show, five days a week, and I kind of hooked up with that. He went on to create G4, uh, and then and then left G4 when they destroyed Tech TV, um, and re and restarted the All Games Network right around the time that iTunes started adding podcasting, and so I got in on that and uh, you know was on his network starting in 2005, like a month after iTunes added podcasts, uh, and then uh, two years ago I split off and created the Voice of Geeks Network, which we've branded the entire room, uh, just so so I don't have to put my. That's, I did put my website on there, but don't worry about that one. Uh, doing the Voice of Geeks Network uh, with, with some other people, uh, and I've kind of just I've been trying to do things and seeing how the media, how people have reacted to new media from 2005 to this year. Um, and uh, I did do another show for like two years, which uh, everybody in the time was like, "Why would anybody want to watch a show like that?" And it was a video show. I did it for two years, where we went to a gaming cafe and had people play games. And we had a little picture in the corner of the person playing the game, and we talk over it and stuff. And everybody's like, "Why would I want to watch a stream of people playing video games?" <laughs> and so I stopped doing it in 2009. <laughs> oh. So, and now he's developed a Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And now I could have had a billion dollars. So, one of the lessons you've learned over the years is stick true to what you believe is yes. going to be right in podcasting. Mm-hmm. What else have you, any of you guys, what have you learned from the start to now, where we are now, with branding? You know, we've talked about you've got your website. What's one of the things that you can say with your years of experience? You really need to do this. This is a, uh, the word is a practice, standard, you know, good do, practice. Do not name your podcast Nobody's Listening. <laughs> or after your own name. Yeah. Heads up. <laughs> well, it seems like if you name it after your own name, you have to just work harder to make yeah. people understand who you are. Mm-hmm. But once they understand who you are, I mean, it could be it, it's, like it was Tom very Barrett satisfying. Network. More people who knew who I was, yeah. and, and being able to grow anyway. I'd say give, give, give. Okay. Uh, share among other podcasters. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've done a number of voice acting for Rick Stringer. Um, you know, Somebody Didn't we else. do one? Yeah, we did. Uh, you gave me a bit part on that on Space Casey too. I was like three people yelling in the background. <laughs> the grunting. But, we did the grunting. Yeah, yeah. So, I think somebody died. T. Morris. I died on his book. I'm, I'm good at dying. Apparently, I can scream, which is why my voice is all trashed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good parallel. Sean being a podcast. But the more you give, the more you know network you build, the more goodwill you have. And the more it comes back to you, and not just within the podcast community, but I've found this to be true at work as well. Uh, I, I offered to do some voiceover work, and soon they're feeding me scripts and go, hey, well, can you get this done by next Tuesday? And suddenly, my job is now pretty much 100% podcasting at work. I get paid to do what I love, which is everybody's ideal job, right? Yeah. So I kind of backed into this by showing, by building my brand and saying, this is what I do, this is what I can do for you, this is how, I, how our business can value from the skills I learned. You know, never mind the fact that I've screwed up a billion shows in the past, but I've learned from those mistakes and can show you how I can do this for you to help our customers get engagement and add value for our partner network and build our employee skill set. Just a number of great things that have come out of this. So give, give, give within the podcast community, within your organization, 
and see if anybody will pick it up. You never know. You might end up with your ideal job even if you don't have to do the whole podcasting thing yourself. Yeah, I, I want to build on that just a tiny little bit real quick. Um, we are all indie, and we are all in this together. I have seen indie podcasters like, I'm going to be the next Howard Stern, and I'm going to start a feud with this other podcast, and it's going to be great. No, no, listen, because because I, if I talk trash about your show, if I talk trash about your show, they're going to listen to your show to hear you talk trash about me, and, right. and that doesn't end up the way they think it will. And so I've always, you know, indies stick together and support everybody. There's no point in having a feud against other indies. Save right. that for the big conglomerates. I think that's one of the reasons why new media, I mean, that's podcasting, the video, the YouTube video channels where you make your own show. Anything you want to put into it that's not the standard broadcast is the difference is there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, the podcast awards came up. Well, they've been going on for 10 years now. And I was nominated in the same cast, uh, same group as a friend of mine. And so constantly I was like, you know what, if you, you like your show better than mine, go vote for that show. Mm-hmm. Because it's still room for everybody. You're still nominated, you still swim, and it's much better than feuding. Feuding's yeah. wrong. There you go. James? Another thing that I've, I, I was one of the hobbyists that, that when it swelled there, right behind you guys, I, I was influenced by that, that first swell. And what I've seen the biggest change and I've hated the most is back when I started, I, I found a guy, I loved his show, and he says, yeah, here's my phone number. And we talked for an hour and a half, and he saved me four months of, right. of yeah. screwing around and trying to learn how to do this. And now everybody's got dollar signs in their eyes. Yeah. And, you know, if I started a show today and I looked online, keywords and SEO and all that, would nine times out of ten direct me to somebody that is going to convince me I've got to have $1,000 worth of equipment. i got to join your, your group, and i got to get trained. And um, $1,000? I got a I got a downscale to Sorry, get that. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor guy. I was I was listening to some podcasts on here. Um, got me fired up. But but yes, I, I that's why I stood up and thanked you guys for talking the way you did. And and this is amazing because when you're online and you're in these groups on Facebook and stuff, it's all these <coughs> these gurus. It's all these Johnny Come Latelys, and that's why I love this this thing because you said you got to be eight years, and it just knocked all those guys out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Age limit. Yeah, yeah, they're going to teach. Anyway. Well, you need, honestly, you need to have experience to truly teach. Right. And everybody here has that energy of giving. I mean, Mark, you ran a, a, a website about how to podcast. It was just a blog. You put it up there. Uh, everybody here, you're talking about giving. And that, that really is the key. You put a number on, you know, eight years because it's, we want to say we have experience. We've been doing this forever. And in case I didn't qualify myself, I did it starting 2004, about August, September 2004. And same same thing. I've I met people who helped me save time and trouble. I remember one day, I, I, using FeedBurner, I I marked the wrong box and screwed up my iTunes. I just literally went on Facebook. Was brand new at the time. I was like, somebody help me, and uh, somebody did. Who did, I didn't even know, but they knew podcasting. They came in. Yeah. <laughs> Look at back the then. Yeah. yeah. Along the lines of of uh, of, of uh, promotion and, and and marketing and branding, you were talking earlier, and even following this conversation, I want to say the the thing you want to do for your show, if you can create a good thirty second promo, because one of the best yeah. ways that shows still get promoted is by other shows playing your promo. It's still a great and social network that way. People also are in a hurry. They want to know what a thirty second sounding of your show is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Give them something to gather. It also means you have to think very concisely. 
30 seconds sounds like a whole lot of time to some people. But you know, you start going, then you go, well, I want to have this, this music stinger in here, and I want to have this tagline, and I want to have this whooshing sound. And, I, and then suddenly it's like, oh, four minutes long, that's not yeah. really going to cut it. Four minutes. Um, and, but it forces you to kind of think more concisely about your show, too, to know what the core of it is. And also, you can use that promo, play that promo back to yourself and go, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Or that's not what I'm doing anymore. I need to update that promo to let people know what's really happening. Yeah, uh, I tell people at the radio station do the same all the time because we do the same thing. We pro play promos for each other's shows, and I'm trying to bring that same notion of that social uh, connectivity to the radio station the way it works. Now we're a campus and community radio station. It's not like I make a lot of money, um, but it's the same kind of idea, very much the same. And I found a very great synergy right there. And yep. definitely. I'm sorry, I definitely felt like in the early days, everybody wanted to start a network mm -hmm. to help out, but then it quickly turned into, well, you have to meet the... <laughs> I talk for livings. Yeah. Uh, you have to meet <laughs> these standards. And I see that even now, there's almost an exclusionary tactic to some of it. There there was one, not Adam Curry's, but there was one major network that rose up and then became that. Well, we're looking for this market. And when you, you talked about sharing on a radio station, sharing, that seems to be the successful networks, is those who've said... Man, we're just cool people. We're just podcasters. We have something to say. And that's different than having expertise. Expertise is not ego. It's not, you can't be here. I can't be the expert if you're here. Expertise is, I've just done it, and I can share that knowledge. Would you guys agree? Have anything to throw on that? Or? So, okay, so going from yeah. there. Well, there's always somebody that's newer than you. There's always someone that's newer than you. And and if you're a week into it, you're a week ahead of, of your buddy who has, who's been you know, I hate the sound of my voice, you know, at that, that, that level. Um, so, you know, you share what you do have, you, and, and you write posts, and you, and you, you, you give, and, I, and you share your audience. Yeah. Everybody's got a different skill set. Mm -hmm. Because I know how an RSS feed works, and mm -hmm. I can help somebody out out with that. I am a crappy artist, so I employ people with graphical skills to make my logo. You know, you can always do this bartering system. Is that system. what I'm here for? Well, that I thought you were the I thought you were the pretty one, Craig. What's that? I thought you were the pretty one. You, yeah, you class careful. it up. That's careful. right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we're talking about giving. You're talking about that is true networking. What you're talking about. I found that. that yeah, you you reach out to people, know your weaknesses, know your limitations. If you if you don't like the sound of your voice, you can't do podcasting. I mean, that's, you have to get used to hearing your own voice. But other than that, if you don't know how to edit, you can find somebody. Ahead, I, I just want to say, you know, if you don't like the sound of your own voice, it, stop caring. Uh, I, 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 don't listen to your show. I, I, have, I, have, I have 40 to 50 new people coming to the radio station every year. And one of the things they complain is, oh, I don't know if I like the sound of my voice. And for one thing, they've never heard their own voice. They've only heard it coming out of their mouth. They've never heard it coming into their ears. So that's one thing. They're not even sure what their voice sounds like. But I also tell them, if you've got something to say, that's your voice. Mm -hmm. It's not the, the, rotation, it's not the yeah. vibrations in your throat. It's what you say that's your voice. That's deep. <laughs> Pass the plate. Amen, bro. Why, thank you. So you know, along those lines of self-deprecation, I know in the early days the big thing was to crap on your own show. Yeah. I mean, not, not to actually pick on oh, the name of your show, but you would say, nobody's listening to this show. got five listeners in... Or, you know, yeah, right. Hello, so, both right. of you. I, yeah. I heard that wrong. I heard that when you said not to crap on your show. I got yeah. confused. Just thought it was a show, <laughs> like you do a show about crapping. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure there's one out there. It's the scatological hour. It was a show, the Daily Download. The Daily Download. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, be negative about yourself. Okay. There. Well, yeah. it is a balance too. Like most people do that because most people don't want to sound like they're too, being too egotistical. So they'll be a little downplay themselves, and that's that's kind of normal. It does get to a point where it's like, okay, buddy, just shut up about how much you hate your own voice and how much you didn't get prepared and how much I just want to hear the rest of the show. Thank you. So going to nobody's listening in their heyday actually got numbers that everybody would kill for, and you took time off, and that's why I referenced yeah. it that way. You took time off, which everybody loses numbers when you do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not to talk about numbers, but how did you get past the the lack of ego when nobody's listening and you named your show that to, okay, I can do this? Yeah, I, I named it that because I wanted to go ahead and set myself up. You know, I had no self-esteem, no no nothing, uh, and I hate, I've always hated it. We're actually going to be changing it to that story show. Very soon. Everybody's listening. Um, that was <laughs> that was the first yeah, one on the everybody's list. Listening. Um, Your mama's listening. Everybody's listening. Nobody's listening. Everybody's laughing. You know, all these stupid things. Anyway, not that, that was stupid. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm used to it. What was the question again? You, <laughs> how do you get past the self-deprecation? First of all, I I realized very quickly podcasting is amazing for hobbyists. Anyway, I don't know if everybody could say this. But if they don't like your show, generally they just go away and you never know that they were even there. Yeah. And everybody that stays really, really likes you. Now, it's not saying they won't freak out on you once in a while when you say you're going to change the name of your show after eight years. But, um, yeah, they love it more than I do. But uh, the – there it goes, 41 years on. <laughs> and the train has already. left the building. Sorry, and that huge sucking sound you heard was oh. his memory. <laughs> I realized that these people were for me, not against me. And they, they inspired me. They empowered me. And I was a speaker for a living at the time. And it helped me do, do that better because I realize these people are generally for you. They, especially in podcasting. You do not have – like the crowd here, I'm like half these guys are like, I don't – let the guy with the beard talk. Uh so I have that. I got that to deal with. But on a podcast, everybody is for you. And so you don't have to be self-deprecating. You, you, you can be conversational. You can let yourself, the real you, show. And this, then you'll start getting the emails that I get. The one thing I can brag on is I get the emails where I've been I, you know, I have cancer treatments for two years, and your show got, kept me alive. You know, I've been depressed for so-and-so. And when you talked about the year you had to take off from podcasting because of anxiety and depression um, – you know your your story is showing me that there's life after this mess, and and we're a comedy podcast, you know, and and but we're affecting people, and I'm very very proud to say we we got a podcast baby, <laughs> two of my folks met up, married, and and they're having a baby in a number life of months. Life find a way. And I, I was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lysine deficient or not, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm demanding that they name the kid, you know, NL cast baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not very Initials are NL. The the thing to realize is that you're going to be your own worst critic. And I I fall into this too, where, where, you know, I'll be like, oh my God, that was terrible. That's a terrible shit. It was a train wreck and all that stuff. And then those are the ones people would be like, that was my favorite episode that you've done in a yeah, long right. time. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so they, they like that stuff. And you don't have to always call attention, oh, my God, this is a train wreck. They know it is. Oh, yes, and sometimes they like that. And uh, so, you know, you don't have to worry so much because you're probably more critical of yourself than they ever will be. And, uh, you know, going back, you know, in doing the giving things, too, um, you know, you, yeah, you're giving, giving, giving. You want to know what you get in return. The, the biggest compliment I can ever get is when somebody says, hey – you inspired me to start to podcast. I'm podcasting because of you. And that's 
that mm-hmm. there's nothing that compares to that kind of feeling. Now, yeah. Now Chuck, now Chuck and I, we've camped on our own show, but that's like part of our shtick. And you, you know? phrase it camp. You've camped on your own show. Yeah. Best can't be. You're saying you're doing a certain type of comedy. Yeah, I would yes. never. Yes. I would never draw focus. You know, right. on, like oh, that show was crappy. I I, I would yeah. say instead of worrying about that kind of stuff, is to focus on your content <laughs> and just make sure you're delivering it. You know, as best you can, and have fun. Yeah, yeah have fun. I mean, the moment you right. stop having fun, the listener stops having yeah. fun. Now listen to that. Say that again. The moment you stop having fun, the moment you you stop being passionate about what you're doing, the listener checks out. So you've got to keep that energy. Well, they say up. no, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. I, I've heard that, and, and to break that down in podcasting terms, like he said, if you're not enjoying it, if you if you don't love what you're saying, how can you expect anyone to take it any more seriously than you do, or to enjoy it any more than you do? Um, so there you go. You know, my, my, one of my biggest downloaded right. episodes <laughs> in the early days was I kept having tech issues, and the microphone was going out, and the mouse was going out. And finally, I just got this wireless mouse, uh, wireless uh, microphone, and I picked up my mouse, I chunked it across the room. You could hear it hit the door and explode. And I just lost my mind for 10 minutes and just ranted about that. Totally went off script. Well, I don't have a script, but totally went off the topic. Said, you know what? I'm just gonna put it out there. It's a learning curve for me. This is 2005 anyway. So nobody really was listening then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, it went from you could see six people would download or eight people. It was back then when you had to explain what a podcast was, how to right, get it. Right. And it went to like 100 downloads overnight. For me, it was like, whoa, you should listen to this dude. Yeah. I got to smash more stuff. Total diva moment. <laughs> but but gim- it wasn't a gimmick intentionally, but gimmicks fail, right? Because that downloaded, they heard me explode. They tune in the next time and hear me explode. Well, that wasn't what I did. I was talking about whatever I was talking about at the time, and some of my downloads disappeared again. But the point I'm making is you put it out there. You, you might think it's the worst thing you ever did, and the crowd might love it. As long as you're being you. And I was being the worst part of me at that point. It'll it'll work. And we're going to take some questions, but I want to make a quick point. We're going to talk about the future of it. How many people here are getting information, learning things from this panel tonight? How many people did? See, I didn't expect that to go. That's awesome. All right, how about this side of the room? (laughs) (laughs) And how many people actually podcast right now? So actually, less hands than when. (laughs) Well, your phone's in your lap. I'm assuming you're casting something. Uh, That's. What you have to look around at. We're sitting up here. We're just people. We're just answering questions. When you do your podcast, if you were, if you could see the hands, you would say, "Who's listening to my show?" People are going to raise their hands because they see you instantly as an expert. And that's what got me into podcasting. I found a show, Two Guys One Brain, and wrote into them. And they were 17 shows in. And I'm thinking, it's like radio. They have to be big time. They sound great. They have good microphones. And they read my name, and I went nuts. Well, it turns out they had like 10 downloads, and I was one of them. But I didn't know that. No. Your audience doesn't know that. They think, man, you're awesome. You're great. On, those, on that line, one piece of advice, don't obsess over your numbers. Oh, yeah, no. For one thing, for one thing uh, nobody can ever measure them accurately. There's too many ways to get a podcast. So that could be they played it on your website or they then copied it onto a, a USB drive. They handed it over to a friend of his. There's nobody going to know that's going to happen. Right. The only way to judge that is by feedback. So make ways for people to talk to you about your show. Whether they give you your home phone number, that might be a bit nuts. <laughs> but maybe a phone, uh, you know, phone numbers might be the thing. I got rid of mine because I found no one was calling it. People would send an email instead or you know there's a twitter handle or uh, feedback on your website i and in radio i mean i look at podcasting with some jealousy i cannot tell you any numbers i cannot tell you if anybody's listening but i tell every single person that someone is listening you just don't know where you don't know when and if you give them something to feedback about in some way of doing it then they will do that and that's your that's your measurement of success in many ways 
You right. mentioned the when. I love that because a lot of people put out a podcast and immediately sit in front of their monitor going, <laughs> come on, download. <laughs> no, it ain't that way. You will get feedback about things that happened months ago, yeah. sometimes years ago. So It's that Star Trek con, con syndrome. In episode 17, you said this like, dude, I'm on 140. I don't know what it said. I don't remember what I said last yeah. night on my podcast. Like, I, I don't, have, I don't remember what I said five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's just getting and it's old. been covered on other panels, which was excellent. I uh, said, uh, give a reason for people to feed back. Because yep. if you say everything on the topic and your audience is nodding their heads where you can't see, you don't know that, that you hit them. So give them a reason to feedback. Say, what are your thoughts? Uh, and then you got to find where your audience is. Is it on oh. Facebook where they will really interact? Is it on yep. email, like you said, Mark? Or mm-hmm. I, I've always had a, some version of a number. Back in the day, it was K7. Now Google Voice is a really easy phone number you can get. But as long as you have the avenues, they'll, they'll put it in. So future of podcasting, because we're going to take questions. What do you think of podcasting as a service, like educating the public to not selling audio? Like Steve here is a professional audio engineer. You find people who podcast, and you edit and audio, do their audio stuff for them. I haven't figured out I'm totally fake. <laughs> totally uh, uh, you just use level eight on everybody, and you're done. <laughs> 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 Bird's a poser. He's a poser. <laughs> but beyond that, going to where the audience should be—not podcast listeners, but entrepreneurs. True, is not you know not the guys trying to sell you on how to podcast. But I'm talking about we'll talk people who have a message. <laughs> people who have a message. People who are businesses. Businesses spend millions of dollars on advertising, whereas podcast is a direct message to your audience and you get to show who you are. Where do you guys think that might go in the future? You could do your cricket sound again if you like. It's <laughs> a long question. Actually, there's been some. Uh, I'm trying to think of a name off the top of my head, but it seems like there's been a in the past a couple of good brands that did a podcast that was a little out of their norm, you know, for the brand. I'm, obviously, they're very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> but that I like that kind of stuff. You know, something where they're not trying to shove the product down your throat, but try to, you know, just do something a little more fun, but hey, and we're here, kind of thing. Right. I think they should do people. Uh, corporations should probably do a little more than that. Right. What I'm seeing is corporations are picking up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, right. Right. and mm-hmm. the ones who do it wrong are just buy our stuff, buy our stuff. But there's some that do it right. They really interact, and those are the companies I can see once they learn what podcasting is. I mean, that might be your your thing. You might not be a podcaster, but you understand it. You can sell it to a company and say, Hey, Coca-Cola. Who's here in Atlanta? And I'm here in Atlanta. If you're listening, Coca-Cola. Uh, <laughs> this is what podcasting is, and this is how you reach your brand to the people. Right. And I think that's one of the outlets. Where else do you see podcasting going? Personally, I I I have this theory that it if Apple somehow had been making money on podcasting, like iTunes has monetized. I mean, sorry, YouTube has monetized and shared resources that that. The I, the store, which is ninety probably ninety eight point nine percent of my downloads is from from iTunes, that that experience would be completely different. It has not changed drastically since mm-hmm. I yeah. started. They've they've changed the little banners and they got little flip throughs and what's hot and everything on comedy never changes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, except Ask a Ninja is not there and Hope is Zemo um, was one of my favorites. It's been gone for a while. Uh, but I, I wish I wish they were making money. I wish it was more than just a big, huge favor that they were doing for us. Because it is. I mean, it's amazing that they haven't sold it off or just shut it down or you know whatever. Uh, they've got a podcasting app and all this kind of stuff. But there should be a YouTube for podcasting, and it and it should 
you know, it's not streaming. They've tried that, you know, where they, but I, I know they have other people that listen to your show, listen to this one, and, and you know, suggestions and things like that. But there's not instant uh, access to to know how many people are listening to the show and and where the numbers are. And you know, everybody's on a level playing field. And YouTube, everybody still has a chance to be a star. And I don't know today like it was back in the day, that the, the humble guy, the guy that just starts out, can he rise to the top when all the top slots are full and don't mm-hmm. change? It depends where you define the top. If you want to be on the front page of that iTunes thing, right. NFW, I'm sorry. There, well, there's well, no absolutely. flipping way you're going to, you know, the humble guy. I'm just talking about the guy starting now and trying right. out. That 95% of his downloads coming from that area. But you have, to, you have to realize that they can be successful how you measure success is not whether you're on the front of iTunes. It's do you have an active listening audience? It could be five people. You are successful. You are talking to, influencing, reaching out to, entertaining, educating, whatever it is, to those people. And they will look to you as an authority or an entertainer or whatever it is. And they'll let you know. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 that's how I've gauged whether or not we're successful or not over the last 10 years. Because certainly we don't have the numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we ever did. But uh, to, to engage advertisers. Shh, and, don't tell uh, anybody. Hey, I'm being the humble guy now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, let me finish. What I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to let you finish, but first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i got the best podcast the you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast Smackdown Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. But um, anyway, what I was saying, what I was going to say is, I hope in the future, what I see is a, a, a decentralization of where how people discover podcasts. I hope yes. Google it becomes more thing is people find it because because initially I, I found out about podcasting because I got an iPhone or an iPod Touch and you know and I'm like oh podcast this is thinking amazing and i think a lot of folks do discover it that way i probably you probably found it that way you push the little button you're like that's weird a little guy with no arms and a little thing around his head and it's awesome it looks religious yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> worship that guy I but, well i would i would say that i i thought at first when i when apple started getting into itunes that uh i'm sorry in podcast that okay that was great news for podcasting because it made it uh you know it was i thought it was a good news in the sense that podcast has kind of made a mark but as time's going on, the same reasons he said and the same reason he said, I think it was the worst thing that could happen to podcasting mm-hmm. because all it's done is slow things down. People want to look at, where am I at on the rankings? Who cares? Just yeah, like right. he was saying. I, I know, think, and I, the other thing, you got to worry about, i got to have iTunes tags in my RSS feed yeah. and this, that, and then. Why do you need any of that? I think there's an app for like, that. <laughs> it should all be decentralized, you know, and kind of uh, the same kind of community interaction we had with podcasting. I think we should have the same thing on the back end to make podcasting better. I think that we can kind of think of Apple, their approach to podcasting is kind of a hobbyist nature because mm-hmm. they keep tinkering things and, frankly, in my opinion, screwing them up in different ways. Uh, the latest one from the from the perspective of, of a person who listens to a lot of podcasts and tries different ways things to try to manage them, they added stations to try to give some notion of having some control over this and completely screwed up the implementation. The problem is there's not a lot of alternatives, um, and that's where I, I see a real danger because if they ever go, you know, this podcasting thing's not really working out. We, we, we've we spent some money on it. We, we, we've decided it's a great hobby, but eh, we don't want to do it anymore. There's a huge void. Um, well, I was doing some research to try to figure out how to answer some of these questions, and one of the things that I looked at was 
the top 10 apps for podcasters of 2012. Now, it was interesting because they've also said, this list is no longer maintained as of December 2012. <laughs> um, but I went through the list, and the only software that was really of any interest there that was still active was Audacity. Uh, that was considered a podcaster app. Uh, like the software is not supporting the, the development of podcasting. There are some other apps that are coming out there, and they have some exciting things. Except for one major problem, and like you said, I love the word you use, decentralized. Every single one of them has a central registry of their own set of picked, hand-picked podcasts. And so now I got to be on the Stitcher app. Now I got to be on this app, and I got to be on that app. I got to contact these 16 people to get it registered. And and iTunes is only. It's kind of centralized and kind of not at the same time, because it's still it's still the largest repository, large, largest um, uh, uh, what do I want to say? The, uh, directory. Uh, directory. Thank you. We had directories. This is what really kind of frustrates me. We had them. Pod, podcast, podcast Alley. Podcast, podcast Alley was a great model, and the problem with that was it only had dead podcasts yeah. on it for yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, and the fluid nature of podcasting at that point, when when shows didn't last, I think kind of killed the directory model. And it's really hard to bring that back. And of course, that costs money. And, and someone mm -hmm. can't really do that as a hobby. Um, and so how do we decentralize? This is one of the questions. How do we do this? Well, I have a theory, a thought, uh, something I would like to see come up in the future. Kind of like you know, Linux is in a sim similar kind of thing. You have all these free software applications that's all pushed together and make this one whole operating system. And then you have the Linux Foundation, which kind of protects uh, the copy left of Linux. I would like to do something like that with podcasting, have a podcast foundation that, that specifies the kind of tags that we want, not iTunes tags, but tags that are general, yep. um, a directory, uh, you know, and kind of um, helps uh, facilitate bringing together a little more decentralization I think uh, away from a company or a corporation. It's got to protect it, too. That podcasting patent that came out yeah. and started being, the trees started being personal shaken. Personal audio, like that. yeah. That's that was exactly a horrible, what I was horrible problem. Yeah, that's exactly what and made me start thinking. The countdown that. has begun to see how that actually was settled. Yeah, yeah. I was just settled. We've got a 40, well, not now, but 40-day countdown-ish until mm -hmm. they can mm -hmm. talk about it. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'd like, personally, I'd like to see more like radio-style live streaming. Not live streaming like do your show live, but... What do you do? How do you discover a new TV show? You're flipping channels because you're bored. Go ahead, mm -hmm. yeah. Bobby. Well, that, that's what we do at the Voice of Geeks Network is that even though we are also a 24-7 live radio feed. Uh, I Yes, I do my show live. A couple of our shows do them live. But we also have other podcasts that have no interest in doing a live show. But we say, hey, they're going to be on Monday nights at 9 Eastern. And it's basically – it raises awareness, and podcast downloads go up. We don't tell them, you know, oh, yeah, you're going to have you know, a bunch of listeners on the live feed because they're like, well, what are my numbers on the live feed? We're like, don't worry about those. But it raises awareness amongst all the other shows on the network to you know, to, so you can download them and people see them on our front page. So we, we yeah. kind of do that, and it's, and it's at a specific time. And, everyone's, and it's what they'll do sometimes is uh, one of our shows, Pod Culture. Uh, the hosts will actually come into our chat room while the show's live, and some of their listeners come in, and they do kind of a director's commentary yeah. in our chat room while people are listening to the podcast. And we actually premiered their podcast, and then they put it on their feed after it's aired on our show. I think station. that plays into what Chuck was saying about yeah. sharing and giving. Sharing, yes. And, and, and cross-promotion yeah. and, and stuff like that. Right. And I've seen networks come where they were trying to fill space and not do what you're talking about, where it's mm -hmm. the cross-promotion and promoting. And then your voice is a voice of geek. You're talking about your niche, mm -hmm. and that there's. We I'd like to see more networks like that. Yeah, 
where, where yeah, and we have our yeah. we like we have our video game shows, but we have our sci-fi television shows. We have an anime show, and we can share those resources. So like you know, I don't know that much about anime. So, but if a video game comes out that's based on an anime, I can talk to our anime show, have him come on. Mm-hmm. And you know, say, hey, tell me about this and, and all that stuff, and we can share knowledge and, and stuff across different genres that way. Right. Uh, I'm gonna keep looking at my clock so we can get into questions. He's reading text. Uh, Don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, got any questions? Anybody want to sell? We've got a quartered mic here. Uh, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. <clears throat> Brace yourselves. Hi there. Uh, I'm Rob Roberts. I'm also actually just full disclosure. I'm also with the Voice Geeks Network. I uh, do a couple shows on there, uh, Orange Lounge Radio. Um, one thing I just want to add to it's more of a comment than uh, a question to the Apple discussion because you guys were talking at length about um, Apple and kind of promoting yourself on on the iTunes marketplace and definitely just a couple things there. The game is going to be changing with Apple. Um, Apple bought a podcast app called Swell uh, back in June, I think, for about thirty million uh, was what they were saying. And Swell, because funny because your comment really made me think of this. Swell was very good at uh, discovering new podcasts. You would seamlessly go from one podcast to another. And that's what drew a lot of people to swell. Um, so I think Apple is going to shake up the game, and it's probably going to happen in iOS 8. So that's something we kind of have to all be ready for, is that that whole thing can kind of change at any time. Um, what do you guys think about kind of more the ideas that somebody can do that maybe doesn't necessarily rely on Apple solely? Like um, I know some guys, uh, I know another indie podcast guy that does his own app. Uh, he has, you know, he says, forget it. I'm not going to worry about this podcast app. I got my own app that delivers my own shows. What do you guys kind of think about some of the non-Apple options that we have to promote? I think that's actually Libsyn will offer an app. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think. I, I, I'll just say that we've got to do that. Those of us that are established have to lead the way. And we, we do list our shows at Stitcher, and we do list them at all. Even though they re-encode, even though we're audio snobs and, you know, and all that. We have to reach as many people in as many ways as possible. That's kind of my unofficial thing. And because uh, the more we do that, the more dis- the, they're going to find you where they're looking. And I think that's a theme I've heard today is you go where people are instead of trying to make, you know, the old way was come to my website, come to NLCast.com. Well, now I want to know where you are, and I want to get to know you. I want to reach out to you. I don't want you to call me. I want to call you. And um, I think when we, that's part of, of the decentralization process is we, we step off a high horse, we come down a little bit, and we say, we are still just like you. you know, we're, we're, we're all beginners. And um, it's not about the stats. It's, uh, it's not. I, no, it's I, I not. keep it's telling not. myself yeah. that. And I, just, yeah. I haven't looked at my stats in like Well, years. I did. I, I what got, stats? I got that eight-year yeah. line that Lipson gives you. And it was up, 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 and then that that year, <laughs> where nothing, and then yeah. yeah, it's a little sad. But uh, but you do it because you love it, and you and you, and you yeah. get out there. I think stats do help when you're not getting the feedback, when you're fumbling around in the dark to figure out where you're going. Knowing that five people listened, or ten people, or twenty, or thirty, you start a podcast because you listen to podcasts, so it never hurts to reach out. Uh, I was a little surprised last year. I heard everybody talking about Tom Merritt and. Who? Recognizably, who? What? Yeah. Uh, Star Lord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're going. You know, Tom's a busy guy. He, he has you know podcast start syndrome, and you're very busy. But anybody who asks you to be on their show, you're like, yeah, I'll, we'll work it out. We'll be on your show. Mm. And that's not to raise your own numbers, but that's how you get the word out. He'll come on and say, hey, I had a great time. 
back. And, yeah, giving Give back. back. Yeah. Exactly, Steve. So you listen to podcasts. Tell them, hey, I started a podcast because I listen to you or whatever. Any other questions, comments? Two cents. Don't shoot yourself. It's okay. We're almost done. It's all right. Come on up. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> He's got notes and everything. Yeah, I, I, do have to, I took lots of notes, but... Back um, in the beginning of the show. Yes. Uh, uh, the in third episode thing 17. that uh, Chuck said was incorrect, he actually should have... No, I'll... Uh, okay, can you hear me now? This is how... No, wait, I got it now. Um, one, a couple of things I want to mention about... Uh, we talk about podcasting groups. Facebook podcasting group... Uh, they have a section where they call literally call take a promo leave a promo mm -hmm. so uh p if people are interested in that they should go there also i think it's in the same group they have one that's uh, i'll guest on your show yeah. which yeah. is another great thing to be involved with so you can get some uh feedback one way or another on those things uh let's see what are the oh i was reminded about does anybody remember uh was it kyou that was uh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. So there was an actual over the air doing a podcast, but they've they're, they're gone now, right? I sent a bunch of our, our radio shows station pod yeah. faded, right? Is that's kind of weird. Um, but that's a that's a radio good idea. faded. I mean, you were talking about faded. you were talking about flipping channels. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that would catch somebody flipping channels is, is if we had some sort of rotational service or services that somebody could go to and say, I want to try that. You know, kind of like Pandora. You don't like it, you go to the next one. Yeah, exactly. Where's our Pandora for podcasting? I've heard it's coming. Apple Live. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what that was. Yeah. Swill. And the, the other thing I want to mention really quickly, because I, I felt like I, I should because I talked about it during the kickoff, was podcast movement. Um, was that that in Dallas? Uh, I wanted to mention that everybody that sponsored podcast movement was a group, a corporation, an entity. And my show <laughs> was the other yeah, we saw that on the sign. That Clint awesome. makes the big bucks. He can do that. Oh yeah, it's I'm just it's just rolling in. Hey, ten um, bucks is ten bucks. But the interesting <laughs> the interesting thing about uh, about podcast movement, we talk about uh, the future of podcasting. It seems like there was a whole pocket in there of people that don't know any of this exists. That this being a community of podcasting, this being people that just share information openly, this means people that have been podcasting more than two years, this means people that do tech shows, that do comedy shows, that do sports shows. It was very much centered around the business of podcasting, mastermind groups, uh, kind of a, a pay-for-play type of situation. And I, I walked away from there. I had to walk out of some of the sessions where they were throwing around. I think we all saw that article that came out about how much Leo makes and how much Mark Marin makes. And everybody goes... Tom Merritt, how much he makes. It, well, <laughs> but he says actually how much he makes. And you can look go at the Patreon page. He has this stated on his uh, quarterly earnings report. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it was a very disturbing pocket of podcasting that uh, I felt like those people needed to be exposed to the larger group and that that wasn't happening there. There were a couple of sessions, Rob Walsh held a session about how you really, you know, can you really get your numbers and they, no one was attending that group, uh, that, that session. They were all kind of off in a, in a different area. Um, 
the thing that concerned me most about it was that it felt like it was something that could potentially give podcasting a real black eye. Because when you're charging somebody $1,000 and part of what you're going to get for your $1,000 is swarm people going over and liking your Facebook post, whether or not they like your Facebook post, whether or not they read it, giving you five-star ratings for your for your podcast, whether they've heard your podcast or not, it's, it's just a bit unsettling. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that the best thing that we can do as the podcasting community is, is try to let those people know that there are other resources out there. Many people went up to Todd Cochran and he said, I can show you five places where you can get that information for free. Yeah. And oh like, yeah. they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so the internet, I, for one. That, I just wanted to <laughs> give that state of what was happening there. I, I think a lot of those calls to us to actually do something more active than complain, which we like to do, which is kind of take control of the future. Um, we, you know, we do have a, a legacy in history of podcasting, and we know a lot of stuff, and we have ideas of where it should go. And I think that we kind of have to make it a more active statement than waiting to see if Apple is also thinking the same thing, uh, which is what a lot of them are. Uh, the podcast app, for example, is one of those things that a lot of people are doing, but I think the problem is it, it kind of makes a really interesting silo effect right. where you, you have one podcast really hyper-inflated and then the next podcast isn't the same way. I'd rather see the idea of whether you can build a podcasting app that could support the kind of things, things those people are doing. So with your podcast, you deliver the parameters to re-customize the player to your podcast. You know, something a little more uh, general for everybody to use. What sort of configuration options are you talking about, Mark? Help me, help me think well, about what kind of customization I mean, you're even, about. even so simple as to skin the player with your favorite colors okay. that are appropriate for the show. Or to have links for additional content. Or to have, here's additional artwork with the show or chapters. Or all these things we've, we've tried to do over time uh, and that just haven't really worked. And More tags. Yeah, well, theme. YouTube is a great example. And I've been well, asking for the exact same, same question. Time. Yeah. Not everything's crosses over but you know a lot of a lot of it would because it's a built-in social network and you can click on people and when they crap on your show you click on it and you're like well they've never put out a video in their life i can i can write them off they don't matter you know and we don't get that you know it's a lonely business too it's very lonely and, and we were talking about networking i love this and i love that these guys exist and i hope to connect with them because you you talk into a microphone and you you don't get feedback and you wonder if anybody cares and because you don't you know it's not about numbers but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to spend money. I don't want to have to talk my wife into another mixer for no reason. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Been there. So, all, right. all right, ladies. Yeah. Hey, let, let the ladies speak, please. I am. Okay. I, uh, if, I'm Christiana Ellis. What's um, your show? Please. Uh, most recent is uh, Space Casey Season 2 is now complete. It's available Ooh. at ChristianaEllis.com. Uh, also at PatioBooks.com. Whoa. Ding. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... Related to what you were just saying about networking, and given all the different ways to get podcasts and make podcasts now, a natural effect of that is you get all of these sort of insular sub-communities all over the place that don't actually cross over or interact very Mm -hmm. much. And conventions like this are one great way to try to sort of break through that, but sometimes that ends up just creating geographic Mm -hmm. isolated Mm sub-communities. Because I was just... You know, I've always been mystified, for example, why the Patio Books community and then the community of people like uh, the Sonic Society or Great Northern Audio or whatever, why is there not more blending there? Because they are doing the same stuff. So what's the best way, do you think, to try to combat some of that uh, 
you know, podcast bubbles. Clicks. I, I think that the Facebook groups have been trying to do exactly that. They've been trying to offer a place where people go, and Facebook, love it or hate it, is very is very popular, and it has some features that make that possible. Uh, it it it's not exactly structured to provide all kinds of information, and sometimes it comes turns in, it jumps into a just a big stream of of stuff you can't keep up with. Um, the other thing is kind of having people like Clinton who will go to those other conventions. Rob Walsh was there as well. I mean, then they'll carry the message as well with them and pretty soon because we all kind of know podcasting and we all kind of say, well, you don't really know what you're talking about if you think it's only three years old or whatever. Uh, and I think that helps. And I think it's on all of us to kind of, when you go to another convention or whatever, if, you, if, you're, if you're into podcasting and you get to a certain level where you want to start following the conventions, you want to start seeing and meeting with other people, you want to hear other voices because it's terribly lonely in your studio and there's nobody else there. Uh, you, you, you do that. You gather. And, and finding those places that physically you can gather and find them online. Again, I'd kind of like to see an umbrella group created mm-hmm. that would be like the, the beacon for everybody to go to, uh, to try to work on, you know, everything from, you know, finding common things, the common answers, you know, where all the where all the facts are. Everybody has the same five questions when they start up, right. but also kind of as a place where we can say, what do we need? Like podcasting hasn't really changed, and there's some things like I mentioned chapters earlier. Chapters existed at one point in podcast history because MP4 supported chapters. If you did it with, I think it was you had to use. Uh, you had to use uh, command just, line tools for there was command line tools, and then there was using the the PowerPoint generator or something like that to generate your podcast. <laughs> it was bizarre, uh, but that was a very useful feature that a lot of us could use, and I think the listeners would appreciate it too. How do we get that to become a reality? How do we make that agitation and make it simple and make it simple, and make it simple to do with the tools to build it, the tools to listen to it, the tools to distribute it, and then the common consciousness that, that exists. It's funny. There's actually is a chapter stand standard for MP3 ID3. It's just it exists. It's been out there for a few years. It's ratified. I don't. It's rarely, if ever, implemented in players and devices. Unfortunately, it is simple to use. Yeah, I mean, the, the look at the advantages of AAC and enhanced podcasting. You technically can do that in MP3, but the tools to make it and tools to listen aren't really. Yeah. It's not. And, and it's actually, sad because, like I said, it's the standard in. Yeah. If only yep. we were around some smart people, might not have a problem. <laughs> well, you know, there's something to be said about this. With time on their hands. <laughs> and seven it. podcasts not to be. And the, there's something to be said about simply asking the question and just mm-hmm. waiting for the answer to come. And we, we all asked some questions at the very, very beginning of podcasting of what do we do? Well, the answer came back, you got on MySpace or you got on some free hosting site or whatever long before YouTube came along. And you ask, <laughs> there's got to be something better. And something better came along or something else. <laughs> Somebody else got inspired by us asking, and maybe that'll happen here. It's just by asking the question. Somebody like, you know, I can do that. RSS came from somebody going, I've got this MP3. I'd like somebody to get it. And like, oh, I could do that. Put the code together, worked it out, and now you've got RSS feeds. And that changed the game. So, In terms of, like, getting out of the clicks and everything, uh, sometimes you, you can't just, like, sit back and wait. Sometimes you may have to be the person that goes out and reaches out. And, uh, you know, I use some of my personal experience because I do a video game podcast and I was here at Dragon Con back in 2005, 2006 when the podcasting track was basically sci-fi or authors. It was the patio books and all that stuff. And like there was the gaming panel and it was all like board games and stuff. And I was the only video game podcaster. But I knew a lot of other video game podcasters 
but we just didn't interact outside. So sometimes, you know, you have to be the one to go out and meet other people. And now other video game podcasts obviously come here to Dragon Con. But in the beginning, like, I was like, I don't know any of you and I'm hoping to learn. And But sometimes you just have to step out of your comfort zone and be the bridge yeah. instead of waiting for somebody else to be the bridge to you. Be the change you want to see. Yeah. Uh, and I, even here at Dragon Con, there's still... It's not seg- segregation. It's just kind of scattered. Is mm-hmm. you come to the podcast track looking for podcasts, but I've gone to the SG, the Supergate track or whatever, and there's people doing podcasts on uh, SG One and Stargate and all that. They aren't here, so mm-hmm. there's still that, that separation yeah. that we're still we're just not ready yet. We're still all you gotta still remember even ten years in you're still cutting edge. I mean everything is still being yeah, yeah. everything's still being discovered and still being figured out. It, it it matters though. Like asking the question matters. Last yeah. year at the at the wrap up to the podcasting track, I asked, can we have a panel that looks forward to what we need for podcasting? And lo and behold, we have the panel this year. Next year maybe it'll be yeah. Sure, somebody has to be blamed, I don't mind. Uh, But maybe next year we'll have a couple like working panels where it's like, okay, what do we want in a podcast app? What do we want in, what do we want in, uh, what features would would we want to dream about? Project five years, ten years in advance and say, okay, what do we want? Then we publish that. We put the podcast version of the top, we put everybody take take your notes, publish them online, get lots of references to the panel. Then Apple goes, hey, you know, there's this, this noise being made over here about podcasts. Let's pay attention to that. Huh, they're looking for a feature. We could do that. That's pretty easily. And then lo and behold, it becomes a feature. Stations, I think, came out of that exactly that. Yeah, the Borg. Uh, hi, I'm Andrew. I've been with the podcasting track since we started, hi, I think, Andrew. seven years ago. 2006, and, I think, was yeah, the first one. Yeah, so eight. Um, and I just wanted to real quick provide the perspective on kind of how things have gone for us um, over the last eight years, and um, the fragmentation has been a big issue for us, but unfortunately, we have had to actually kind of push the other way, right? Because as the number of podcasts increased, we had to say, we, there are, you know, we can do six sessions a day, mm-hmm an hour each and then half an hour in between. We just don't have room for all the podcasters. We need the Stargate people to be podcasting at Stargate. We need the mm. you know Firefly people to be podcasting over there because we don't have room for them. Mm. We don't have time in the schedule to present those people. And it, you know, at, on the one hand, it sucks because we want to provide this space where absolutely everybody can come. But it, on the other hand, you have to, you know, make as much sure. room as you can. Um, and so I think if there was some way that we could have people come together in a unified way while still being able to send them back out at the end, have some, yeah. you know, some sort of large podcaster meetup, you know, at the con, say, if you make a podcast, regardless of what it's about. You know, you don't have to be part of the podcasting track. You don't have to spend all weekend with us. There's so much more to do at Dragon Con. I have this, just the thought. Uh, at, um, Take the mic. Get in the microphone, Clinton. How does this work again? I'm just freaking out right. Um, at the original Podcast Expos, Gary Leland for the Podcast Pickle had a booth set up that people could go to to do their shows and so forth from there. Mm-hmm. If you had something set up that everyone said you half hour, 15 minutes, 
sign up for a spot, come in, everybody kind of mingles together to do their stuff. If you want a co-host, maybe somebody can sign up to be, uh, I'll be a guest on your show. I don't know, you know, I haven't done anything about your show, something like that. Just some kind of exposure area someplace for people to mix. Right in your bar. Mix. <laughs> With yes. speakers. Right I think at the bar would be the best way. We should do it right downstairs. Yeah. Not tucked away yeah. in some corner of the Hilton. But that also points up one of the problems, and, and we've talked about, uh, yeah. you know, uh, doing uh, live recording outside of this place, uh, even having some sort of like, you know, podcast photo booth, something where people who have never done it before can sit down, record themselves for five minutes. Steve would uh, um, I nominate Steve. <laughs> the podcast challenge. Well, that's nice. that challenge. is the problem, right? That who you know somebody has to babysit it and. The convention is always loud. Like it, mm-hmm. this is a terrible place to make a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> don't tell the newbies. No, not, not this room necessarily. Just, this room although, is awesome. Because <laughs> um, I don't have to work in it. There's also we also should make sure we open the tent up to get all of their comments and stuff too because like we we're in here because most of us have been podcasting for a while or we we like podcasting kind of the the whole big big tent term and they're just doing their podcast they're less focused on the technology and all that stuff which is why they aren't necessarily in this room but ask them if we if we have a way to ask them like hey what are your top five peeves about podcasting what would you like to see as a feature of podcasting and then get that feedback. And then we can turn that into uh, you know the panel of, of churn here. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, I know we're running late. It's a podcasting panel. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So we are going to finish. Along these lines, I want to talk about two projects I'm working on. Because I want anybody's willing to put in, to put in once the World Association of Podcast Journalists, which is the idea behind it is to be like similar to a, a, an organization like the NAB, National Association of Broadcasters, where it'd be a place like you're talking about the foundation of people could come in know that there's a standard, help develop the standards, uh, just a one central place that's not for profit that would be to do what we're talking about. Absolutely. So I've already got the website, and if you're interested, uh, you can see me afterwards or email me at bearcrawling at gmail.com. And then the other thing along the lines is along the show that I do uh, from the helicarrier, talking about giving back along the lines of VOG, we're starting a, a Marvel network, and I'm going to be attending your network panel yeah. tomorrow, Monday, whenever it is. And... It's all about the Marvel Universe. So if you do Marvel-based podcasts, if you're interested in talking about Marvel, come see me. We're looking for shows to put up because it's, again, a niche that we want to help grow. So I want to thank everybody on the panel tonight. Give them a big hand.